Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Economics in Business podcast. My name is Freddie Martin and I'm your new regular co-host. Today I'm joined by John Hawksworth, the Chief Economist PwC, to discuss a recent article published by PwC as part of our July UK Economic Outlook report. This article takes an in-depth look at the UK labour market, in particular how well it includes older workers, younger workers and female workers, and comparing this performance to the rest of the OECD. So thank you for joining me today, John. Well, pleased to be here. So I was wondering first if we could talk more generally about the UK economic outlook and how the labour market performance fits into this. Well, I think the UK economy has been continuing to grow over the last couple of years, but it's certainly slowed down. Uh, perhaps recently reflecting the uncertainty around what's going to happen around Brexit. That's obviously deterred businesses from investing uh, and has meant that overall GDP growth actually even dipped into negative territory in the second quarter. Um, I think that's also been affected by global factors. We've had all of the US-China trade disputes which have uh, tended to slow down uh, growth globally and also in other European countries like Germany and that's obviously affected our exports as well. But the bright spot for the UK is that the consumer has kept on spending. Uh, and a key factor that's driving that is actually that the jobs market has remained relatively strong. Right, so in terms of the labour market, we're actually performing better. Yeah, I think one of the remarkable features of the UK economy over the last seven years is that we've seen exceptional jobs growth. Um, in fact, the employment rate is actually probably at an all-time high. There's some analysis by the Bank of England that goes back as far as 1860, so about 150 years. And we are pretty much now at the highest we've ever been. Maybe the last time was in 1943 at the height of the Second World War mobilisation. So in terms of the, the proportion of the population that's in employment, it's pretty much at the record high at the moment. Now, are there any particular demographics that are driving this? Yeah, well, I think one key factor is that there's actually also a record proportion of women of working age that are actually in employment at the moment. We've seen a very steady upward trend in that over time, particularly actually for older women, maybe partly because the female state pension age is going up and that's encouraging women to work for longer, but also because of improvements in childcare provision and perhaps also broader cultural changes in society, uh, which have actually favoured uh, women uh, being more inclined to, to work. Um, whereas for men, I think employment rates are high, but they're nothing like the kind of record highs that we would have seen 30 or 40 years ago. And so these sound like quite general trends that will be affecting the rest of the OECD. How does the UK's current performance compare when you look at the countries in the OECD? Well, I think our performance is certainly not bad and has been improving over time. But we're still only middling when we look at the OECD. Our, our employment rate, record highs for the UK, but only 13th amongst the OECD countries. Uh, and we've also compiled and updated in this latest report uh, three indices that look at uh, the Golden Age Index, which is for older workers age 55 and above, uh, a youth employment index for the under 25s, and also uh, included results from our earlier Women in Work Index. Not all of those three sub-indices, if you like, those three demographic groups, we're just middling. We're not in the top 10, we're not at the bottom, but nor are we one of the best performers internationally. So actually, the fact that we've been growing recently, everyone else has been growing as well, 
and Yes, generally. I mean, I think we've probably been improving slightly faster than the average, so we've been nudging up the rankings a little bit, but we're still, as I say, not in the top 10. I mean, if you look at older workers, for example, you see that countries like Iceland, Sweden, New Zealand tend to top the rankings. They also tend to do quite well in the rankings in terms of female employment, uh, you know, perhaps reflecting strong childcare provision and, and other such measures. Um, whereas if you look at youth, employment. And yes, we've seen youth unemployment come down quite a lot in the last seven years, but we're still not on the par with countries like Germany and Switzerland, which have very strong vocational education schemes, tend to get a lot of people into either work or education and training uh, uh, for the under 25s. And so we've improved, but we're still not a sort of world beater, uh, right. either for older workers or younger workers. Yeah, something that I find interesting is that often countries that do well on the Golden Age Index actually also do well on the Youth Employment Index. And that does seem to kind of go against the idea that keeping older workers in employment longer will actually displace younger workers. Yes, I mean, I think people think of this perhaps in terms of a company where there's a lot of old fogies up at the top, they're blocking the way for younger people to move up. But when you look at it at the national level, you just don't see that relationship. The countries that have more older people in work also tend to have lower youth unemployment rates. That's probably because that contributes to a wealthier economy. The older people are in work, they're spending money, that creates job opportunities for the younger people. So it's a win-win situation. So uh, when you look at it in terms of the, the hard data, you, you just say that that generally speaking, you know, there's no trade-off between youth employment and older employment uh, rates. So in terms of policy, given that we're currently middling, do you see that there are big economic gains to be had from improving our results across these indices? Well, I think absolutely. I mean, I think we could potentially raise our overall employment rate from around 75% where it's been recently to more like the kind of 80% level you see in countries like Sweden. And we estimate that if, if you were to match Swedish performance for uh, women workers and for younger and older male workers, then we could actually boost our GDP by as much as 12%, which would be in, in money, in cash terms, would be the equivalent of about £250 billion a year. Wow, so very uh, so significant. Very <laughs> significant gains um, that, that we could make. Uh, now, that, those are not going to happen overnight because these the, the gaps in performance with countries like Sweden have built up over many decades. But there's still quite a, a bit of improvement we could do and a big prize if we can realise those, those benefits. And how do you recommend we actually achieve these benefits? Are there any key policies that businesses and governments can take away? Yeah, I think there are a number of areas where I think we could make further improvements. I think, as I said before, we have been improving, so we're building on success here. But for example, we've got strong laws now that prevent age and gender discrimination, but sometimes you still can get implicit discrimination that maybe doesn't break the law, but is still sort of implicitly uh, acting against, uh, for example, older workers or, or women workers. So I think there's still more for, to do for both business and government to actually uh, implement the law, not just in sort of the letter of the law, but also the spirit of the law and actually change cultures to actually um, combat the last vestiges of age and gender discrimination. I think vocational training is increasingly seen as important. You know, I mentioned countries like Germany and Switzerland, very good for younger people with things like apprenticeships. The government's been trying to do more than, on that, but I think it's early days to match that performance. Uh, for older workers, I think there's issues about retraining in new digital technologies, for example, which uh, in some cases may displace jobs and 
And so it's quite important to have a, a lifelong learning culture you know, in business, but also supported by government. Uh, and you can see that some of the top performing countries like uh, Sweden, New Zealand, uh, Singapore are very good in terms of that lifelong learning agenda. So there are, there are things that we can, we can learn from, from those top performers in those other areas. And uh, in terms of uh, looking at female workers, uh, are there any specific policy implications? I know there's a lot of talk about introducing flexible working policies, such as working from home. Yeah, well, I think some kind of flexible working uh, policies that can make it easier to work around care responsibilities, whether that be for children, whether that be for older relatives, um, I think can still be helpful. The government's made progress on that you know, over the last really two decades. But again, we're still not at the sort of level uh, that we see in some of the Scandinavian countries in terms of the, the degree of childcare provision, early education provision. Uh, and those things can also have other benefits in terms of social mobility, for example. So there's, there's still you know, potential further we could go down the road to improve our performance in those areas. Right. And it seems like if businesses decide to implement, implement policies at their level, there's a lot that they can gain from trying to better include their workers. Yeah, I think what we see is that the top companies are obviously very often leading the way in terms of producing more diverse workforces, more women, you know, people representative of different age groups, uh, and just generally a more diverse workforce. There is evidence that suggests that actually improves company performance, uh, certainly in the sort of medium to long term by introducing a, a greater range of ideas and perspectives. And so these are investments that can really pay off in the long term for companies as well as for countries. So overall, it seems that actually there's a lot that the UK can be doing right now to see some real tangible long term impacts. Yeah, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a platform of success in terms of what's been achieved over the last six, seven years. But yes, there's more to be achieved if, if we can go further down this road and, and really become one of the the top 10 and ultimately maybe top five performers in the world on these uh, criteria. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, John. It was a really interesting discussion. Thanks very much. And if you'd like to learn more about the PwC's UK Economic Outlook Report, there'll be a link in the description to our website. Thank you very much for listening and please subscribe. <laughs>